Ready? Oh! Here we go again. Gonna wake up the downstairs neighbors. Don't let beat you up. There's a chorus of opinions, but you know what you love. Don't let them tell you no. Don't let them talk that shit. The only thing they'll give you is reasons you should quit. Don't let them get you down. You just stand up tall. Sometimes everybody don't know anything at all. Listening to Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors. I'm Seth. And I'm Brian. And as you can tell, listeners at home, Brian has his special game show host voice on tonight. No, no, it's my Merry Christmas. This is the WWE starring The Miz in the Holiday Family Special. That's a thing. He's in a fucking holiday movie. He is. What Santa the hell? Santa has a little helper. Yeah, you I don't, don't know, but I want to see it. Oh, no, I want to see it, too, but I think it's a terrible idea. We never got around to watching um, Hornswoggle in the Leprechaun movie. I feel so I bad. Know. You know what? I know. My New Year's resolution is that our one of our first episodes in January will feature me reviewing Hornswoggle's Leprechaun movie. Leprechaun origin and story. And not, not like our Spectre review, but <laughs> I will actually hey. watch this film. That was one of the highest rated non-seen reviews that we've ever done. That was probably one of the better reviews Spectre got, actually. So <laughs> they are very fortunate. But yeah, no, The Miz. The Miz is ready for Christmas. I was like, what the freaking hell? Like, it just blew my mind. It, it could Also, be the movie looks ridiculous. It looks so bad in such a good way. <laughs> I'm going to get my hot chocolate and my candy canes and hate life and just actually. Roll. You, uh, you'll finally get to see. I tried to tell you about this chick before. Uh, Paige, another, another yeah, I, WWE shoot, I saw her in the trailer. I, I saw she's the, trailer the one that makes yeah. me think of your uh, your wife. If your wife was like a professional wrestler, I feel like Paige wow. would be her. That's actually fairly true. Actually, uh, based on the mm-hmm. the the uh, the short bit of trailer I saw, I'm gonna start pitching to my wife that she should be in movies with the Miz. <laughs> and just be like, oh, go out there, honey, and fight the Miz. Do it. Kick some ass. It'd be yep. amazing. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing for Christmas. What are you doing for Christmas? I, I don't know. I'm probably going to look at some stuff and things on the interwebs. And that sounded, whoa, that instantly in my head went way darker than I intended it. it. No, I, well, um, I pretty much went to either uh, videos of people dying or porn. One of the two. <laughs> This was immediately where I went with that. I was like, well, I was going to say sucking dicks under a freeway bridge, but you took it so much darker. <laughs> the two the two options, they don't have to be mutually exclusive, Brian. No, it's true. Terrifyingly enough, you are correct. <laughs> what are you doing for Christmas? Well, I'll be jerking off to Rule 34 of the Zootopia <laughs> movie coming out next year. That's, that's really my Christmas Eve plan. Like, <laughs> You stole my plans, asshole. What the hell? Speaking of Christmas, though, and Christmas Eve plans, or I'm going to pretend you said traditions because that's where my head went. My tradition uh, is to jerk off to the Disney movie no, that's coming we out know, the coming year. We know what your Christmas tradition is. You told us last year, and I just want to know, has it happened yet this year? Oh, God. You think I remember what I say on this show? Shit. Uh, yes. Oh, no. So it you have had sex with your wife under a Christmas tree already. No, that hasn't happened yet this year. Nope. No, right. We also didn't get a Christmas tree. That could also be part of why that hasn't happened. Wait, are you not she doing a tree at all? Or just no. Yet? Uh, so, 
just a little more revealing factors about me in, in this world uh, and, and my lovely wife. Uh, she is a, a costumer, and we have mm. a dress form, uh, which for those of you that don't know, it's like a mannequin with no arms, legs, or head. It's just a body that they put things on it. A dress form. They put a dress on it mm. so they can sew. Anyway, uh, so she wrapped that in tinsel this year uh, and like uh, put a green corset on it <laughs> and Christmas lights all over it. And I come home, and she's like, this is our tree this year. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, this is the Christmas tree this year. That's like, actually well, kind of cool for your house. No, it is. It co- it's cool. It looks really good. But I just it took me a couple days to really wrap my mind around the fact that my Christmas tree has a pretty great rack this year. <laughs> like it's got tits. That th- I have always admired the butt and the, the, the TNA on that thing is good. So I've got a TNA Christmas tree this year. Um, and I should probably get to get busy underneath it, I guess. It sounds like or, you got plenty with of inspiration. It. <laughs> or with it, I guess. I don't, know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's the tradition you want to start because eventually she probably will mm. segue back to getting a real tree, and that'll hurt. That's true. I like that our Christmas episode has begun with me accusing you of jerking off to dead people or <laughs> Disney porn, and then we segued <laughs> into me fucking my Christmas tree. Merry Christmas, which everyone. Which is also, which is also <laughs> a headless, limbless body. Yep. <laughs> Well, <laughs> uh, the dark we we so you know it was those it was that hiatus we took under that freeway bridge on the four hundred five <laughs> that's really <laughs> given a dark weird sexual vibe to this show. I feel like uh, ever since we started doing the quarter hours, which are our experimental episodes, mm. I feel like we've just had to try and just sabotage the main show <laughs> as much <laughs> as possible. Bleeding too. over, yeah, the the weirdness is bleeding over into these shows now, and it's just. I mean, Marilyn Manson fans are going to love us. They're going to be like, yeah, oh, yeah, this new podcast where these guys talk about dead people and screwing for an hour is great. <laughs> However, you, our <laughs> normal faithful listeners, are probably wondering when we'll get around to talking about Avengers. Uh, and I assume at some point that'll probably happen again. Well, I mean, you know, we're going to have to talk about Civil War soon, uh, Deadpool. We're going to have to talk about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Is that coming out next comes. year or is it is not, uh, not I next year? I think that's year. 2017. Okay, so we're still a couple years away from that. So yeah. look forward to that, folks. Then we'll stop being. Then we'll stop talking about jerking off to Disney cartoons. You know what we should probably talk about real quick here, though? Hmm. Um, I think we need to review a movie. And okay. I think it's uh, it's one of those where it's not out yet, so I haven't mm. used any of any of our contacts to see it early. Have you seen this new movie yet? If it's the one I think you're referring to, I have not. But I again don't think that should stop us from reviewing a film. Awesome. So I was uh, I was I was considering, and I'm I think you know uh, I'm considering uh, we we should do a review here on uh, the new Star Wars movie that's going to be coming out. Actually, by the Star time this War- airs, it will have come out. Star Wars: The Force Awakens. We might as well Star review Wars it. The Force Awakens. You know what, folks? I'm just going to get out there. There's going to be tons of spoilers. There's going to be a lot of spoilers yeah, in our review of a Star, lot of Wars, Star Wars: The Force spoilers Awakens. In this one, the film we have not seen yet. So I'm sorry that has not that really been released yet. Yeah, it hasn't been released. So, I mean, I'm sorry in advance, but there's going to be a couple spoilers. Uh, enjoy them. L- you know, we have the inside track because we can see into the future and we know the things that are in the Star Wars movies. It's true. And actually, I mean, you could probably even go to Vegas and lay some lay some bets on some of the uh, the information we're going to be laying down here because it's really Absolutely. it's going to be there's no way anybody should have this knowledge, but we do. 
for example, I thought that Freddie Prince Jr. was sensational in the film. Uh, his performance as the choice. tiny little testicle robot that rolls around was great. Yeah. And I don't know brave, how they got him brave in there. Choice. Well, that was the thing I was going to say is especially that they were they were willing to, and he was he was willing to let him do it. They they actually dismembered him. Yeah, the yeah, ballsy. And I thought it was all of him, and and so actually, it's a different part of him in every scene that BB-8 is in. Yeah, as he rolls through. I mean, uh, the, Freddie Prince Jr. literally gave his life for this film. That is how yep. much he loves Star Wars, and I think it shows on the screen. Uh, it was a great film from top to bottom. I thought that the choice uh, to put um, the entire Chicago Cubs outfield into the film, I felt they shoehorned them in. You know, in that scene, the scene I'm talking about, when um, I Princess, I Princess Leia... Okay, well, Princess Leia... Spoiler alert, folks, sorry. Princess Leia decides that she's going to force choke a whole bunch of people because now she's like a Jedi and shit. And she's like, I'm going to force choke this entire cantina because she's also basically like the dark evil villain you know and, and a lot of people saw that coming thought that was quite a I twist for so. abrams so. to make princess yeah, that's great and she starts force choking those aliens and then she's like whoa is that the outfield from the chicago the 2015 chicago cubs and they go yeah and then she just force choked kyle schwarber just oh man that was brutal but I, but I feel like it. I feel like it was needed, and I, I appreciate them using them. I don't think that they shoehorned them in at all. I think it was well. They was, they certainly fitting. haven't been busy winning World Series, that's for sure. But they, uh, they also. I so I thought that was that was fine that they they didn't they weren't interrupting baseball season or anything. But, um, I I didn't agree with. That. I thought it went too far in making Leia a villain to force choke. You know, Schwarber, um, Jorge Soler, all those guys in, and it just it was very violent. You know, the, the part mm. where she removed that one guy's eyeball and stuck it up his own ass, that was, was uncalled for, really. Yeah, that, it got a little dark. It did. Yeah. But you know what? I feel like it was just kind of like a uh, like the rubber band effect. Like, it was uh, it, it was needed. They were they were overcompensating after the Jar Jar Binks issues in the prequels. Mm. That's true. They, they definitely did not want to make it. Yeah. So they're trying to go darker. Not for the kids, for sure. Did you agree that Jar Jar Binks should have showed up? Because I liked that part. Uh, the maturity that he's had, clearly, you know, I don't know what he was doing through films four, five, and six, but to bring him back for seven as an old, decrepit retirement home operator um, where they meet up with Chewbacca and he's just, mm -hmm. you know, Jar Jar Binks is just serving the jello in the cafeteria. What do you well, think of that? Don't you remember? I mean, they explained, they explained where he was. He actually had been uh, living in servitude on Dagobah, taking care of Yoda, remember? That yes, I mean, and that flashback to him wiping Yoda's ass and stuff, and mm. him sort of being Yoda's caretaker in his old age, what well, wasn't? I I think it lengthened the film when it didn't need to, and that's fine. Um, the pacing was off a little bit for me there. And what did you think? I mean, we're getting into the nitty gritty here. The dialogue, I felt that when when to have Jar Jar Binks quote to live crew and say Misa horny when serving the jello and looking at um daisy ridley was a little weird like, and, i mean in an in unbroken eye contact too like he didn't yeah. blink no. he didn't look down at the jello once it was just no. just it was dead straight eye. at daisy ridley yeah right yeah. Into, like like a like a killer wolf closing in on a rabbit that i think it led a lot of credence to that uh theory that he's actually a sith lord online you know that's been batting around i think after I the film, after people see the film they're gonna have they're, there's more fuel for the debate, you know, that he's a he's a Sith Lord that serves Jello to old people, 
and also quotes two live crew. Two live crew, yeah. I think that's bound to be showing up in either episode eight or nine. I, I can't imagine that it won't be. Yeah, no, I think I think it's definitely gonna. That's where they're going with it, clearly. So uh, overall, what do you think of the film, though? Like overall, it was. It, I li- I obviously liked it. I, li- I thought they did way better than the prequels. Um, mm. I I think if I had to knock it down for anything, I would I would mark down that that surprise cameo by George Lucas. I did not. I just a. You know, it seemed like he was stepping away from the franchise. I was I was excited about that because he did seem to kind of lose touch. And so to, to surprise by bringing him in and then to do it by putting him in a slave girl costume, I mm. just I just didn't I mean, I get it. I get why they did it. I it's great for toy merchandising, but it just I don't Who know, I didn't like want that. that toy, yeah. yeah, it just kind of, it kind of pulled me out of it. So But over but, uh, overall you whole, found like the film. It. Yeah, on the whole you would yeah, you you'd like it. Uh I I I had the pleasure uh, of getting to watch it in a special screening where they ran The Force Awakens on one screen and then in front of a screen, the pornographic version of the film, which has already been, you know, they were filming that at the same time called uh, Los Star Wars uh, Mia Force, My Force Awakens. Um, and it was the Latino porno remake of star wars the force awakens i got to watch that they were making it live and filming it while star wars the force awakens was playing on a screen behind them so you know in that scene when han solo is in the millennium falcon and he's flying it as he does right um and then he's shooting at the tie fighters Mm -hmm. um i was watching a young latino gentleman uh basically slap his dick across what I can only sort of call Chewbacca because their fur budget was clearly, they didn't have a lot. Like, they glued, like, some, they, like, clearly just ripped some fur off of her coat and stuck it to this girl's face, and they're like, she's, she's Blowbacca now. And uh, so um, hand, hand Solo was, you know, just giving it to, to, to Blowbacca. <laughs> it was, it was and, you know, it was hard to follow. Because the whole thing was in Spanish, <laughs> but <laughs> goddamn, did it really enhance Star Wars: The Force Awakens? For me, it was five, five huge Mexican penises. That's how, out of five. That's out how five. many. Uh, that's how many giant Mexican schlongs I would give the Star Wars: The Force Awakens. So I, yeah, I would give it. I think I'd give it five out of seven stars on my scale, and that that mm. is a perfect score. So. Right, that's true on your scale, which is d- you know difficult for people to understand, but I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Five yeah. out of seven, perfect score. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, totally. clearly, it was. It's a film for the ages. I think you know. I wish that. I hope someday my kids will get to see it. Maybe down in the way I saw it. But you I know. wanted to ask you though about the way you saw it. Um, yeah. Because I I have heard I've heard good things about this uh, this this Latino uh, porn parody version. Um, Star Wars: My Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, I was just curious. Uh, what did you think? Did you did you did you agree with kind of the hype behind uh, Balls Depio's performance? Because I heard that Balls Depio really brings it in in, in raw emotional feel. Yes, I mean the phrase "golden rod" has never been truer of him than when watching this film. Also, it was super awesome that they had Luke Skywalker played by a donkey. That was or a burrow. Sorry, a burrow. As they kept <laughs> saying over and over to him, they didn't even call him Luke Skywalker. They just 
like hung a lightsaber off of the collar of a donkey and i guess that was enough for us to know that that was supposed to be luke well, skywalker they gave him that that little blonde wig too that's true i mean it, I, honestly i couldn't tell whether it was a wig or whether they dyed his hair like in just the top of his the burrow's head Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah, I've, I've just seen pictures. To me, I, I thought can it was tell a wig, you, I, I can tell you they bleached his butthole. That did happen. Uh, <laughs> the burros butthole uh, was bleached. Try saying that five times fast. Um, I don't want to say it once. Yeah, no, uh, but it, it did It did happen. And, uh, uh, you know, I if you can, if th- I heard they're going to do it um, at the, uh, there's a bar in San Diego in a sort of seedy part of town where they're going to do it again. If you live in the San Diego area, get down there and just check it out. It's it's really worth your time to see it live too. Like you can download it on the internet. I'm sure. Just type in "Los Star Wars Me Force Awakens," and it'll it'll blow something. Maybe not your mind, but <laughs> something. It's really incredible. But yeah, so five five Mexican giant dicks out of five for me on that one. And uh, yeah, awesome, stunning film. Now, shifting away from uh, reviewing a movie that we haven't seen yet, because as of right now, it is not released. Right. Which I still think, uh, you're welcome, listeners, because that's the best damn review of it you're going to hear ever. We are clearly the best podcast ever for movie reviews. We review things we oh, have absolutely. not seen and that have not come out yet. We're not even on the cutting edge. We're we're so far beyond the cutting edge. It's like yeah. we just f- totally fell off the blade. Also, I'd like to point out that you also got a free review of Los Star Wars, Mia, Mia Force true. Awakens, as well. It was, that was a, a double penetration of, of movie reviews right yep. there. A DP movie review. I hope you appreciate that. That was given to you. Free of charge. We didn't even charge I, for that. I, but I do want to uh, shift slightly here to uh, just talk briefly, because it's mm-hmm. less entertaining. Uh, but just talk briefly about a movie we have seen, Creed. Yes. We have both and actually no, it seen is this not film. the documentary of the '90s Christian rock band. Wait, but rather that's what I saw. Oh damn it! All right, look, I'm going to talk about the boxing movie. If we have time at the end of the show, you can talk about your documentary you saw. The documentary that I saw. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know Scott Staff ate that. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to watch? Uh, do you want to watch a Cliff Notes uh, version of Creed real quick so you can uh, talk on this with me? You know, I think I saw the other one too. I did. Oh, I went to two movies. They went to a double bill at a drive-in, and it was Creed the documentary and Creed the movie. Uh, I did find it. I, I, I couldn't tell when one started and the other ended, so I did think it was a little weird that Scott Stapp was black in the second half of the film. That was <laughs> sort of different. And I don't remember Sylvester Stallone being in Creed, but I just wasn't very surprised that he was. It seemed like a thing that should be. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know about you, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought that is a perfect example of a decent script. The script isn't like, whoa, but the director, Ryan Coogler, that directed it, holy cow, he directed the shit out of that. Not once did that movie feel like it dragged or uh, there was something unnecessary in it. It moved the story along really well, and it just, they crushed it, yeah. I, I loved it, and it, but it was a great example of a director elevating the material. And here's the other thing is... Um I I hope this isn't super spoiler heavy. I don't think it is, but it it was pr- it was pretty much a Rocky remake, like of Rocky One. Kind of, yeah. There were a lot of as similarities. Far as a lot of the themes, a lot. Of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of parallels that could be drawn, which I hope means that they're going to make a series out of it. I'm sure they'll give us at least a trilogy. But um, yeah, 
I don't know if we need five, but you know, three is. <laughs> we fine. didn't need we didn't need five Rockies either. To God be knows, Michael Michael B. Jordan certainly isn't going to be in Fantastic Four too. So you know, <laughs> no worries um, there. He's got time. Uh, but no, the uh, it was basically like a, a remake of Rocky, and so there were certain things I was able to see coming, but even so, I really did still enjoy it, and I think that just kind of speaks more to the quality of the film itself, is that even though it's one of those things where I was able to kind of predict some stuff that was going to happen and whatnot mm. because of the parallels that were able to be drawn, it was still yeah. enjoyable, and it was still something where I was still on the edge of my seat going, eh, maybe I don't know what's going to happen, and it was cool. I love the way they shot it. Uh, that first fight he has, um, mm. you know, this isn't a spoiler, it's just a camera thing, where they don't cut. Like, it, I don't know if you noticed, but from the minute he walks into the arena till the minute the fight is over, there are no cuts. Like, or there appear to be no cuts. I don't know if they actually did that or whether they used some camera tricks or not. But anyway, it looked amazing, but I love the way it made the fight just, that first fight, you were on the edge of your seat. You were just like, holy cow. And then the end fight they shot in a more traditional way. Uh, they shot a lot of crowd reaction for the last fight, uh, and I think that really amped it up in a different way. They just found really cool ways to shoot fights that kept you on the edge of your seat, and then they didn't drag it with the training montages. There were training montages. It's a Rocky film, folk. <laughs> I mean, it's called Creed, <laughs> but it's a Rocky film. They train at some point, and music plays. But yeah, no, just, and I liked that it did, it was definitely, like you're saying, as a remake of Rocky, I think more than anything, it paid homage to the first Rocky without feeling like a read. At no point did I feel like, oh, they're just copying Rocky. I was okay. more like, oh, wow, they've updated things and made it sort of different. Um, but it definitely did hew close to the Rocky structure of a film. But, uh, you know, even down to romantic interests and, and exactly. basically Rocky was Polly this time around. <laughs> um, yeah. Which was Which, fine. Um, or, well, no, he was more like Mick. Yeah, he's more like Mick, yeah. Yeah, he's but, more like uh, Mick. He wasn't like Polly. God. Oh, Polly. I will say something I absolutely loved, both for a genuine feel for the for the story and the uh, and the setting of the movie, but also something nostalgic in my own life. I, I don't know about you, but I'm not old enough to actually remember when like rocky the first go around okay like i remember right. i saw it after the fact i couldn't tell you what year it came out but um but the scenes in rocky's house because mm. if that wasn't the same set from back in the original movies they did a damn good job of recreating it yeah and it's just the like the uh the set dressings the appliances the the home decor everything in there that just was so um, seventies. It was oddly nostalgic, and it really like I don't know, like it was. It affected me on a level because it made me remember. And I told my mom this. That it made me th remember things that I remember seeing around our house when I was a kid, because they yeah. had had them since the seventies. Yeah, no, it felt. Uh, I like the way it was. This was again a prime example of how this director really just nailed it. In my opinion, is uh, and his crew uh, that worked with him. Uh, it, everything evoked rocky without feeling like a copy like yeah even the set designs the gyms his house it all felt like you'd been there before but in a new and kind of fresh and awesome way it didn't feel like oh you're just copying whereas i'm sorry in jurassic world when the kid literally puts on the goggles the nostalgia goggles and they start up the flipping jeep from the first movie 
and it, the movie is just jerking your nostalgia boner so hard. It's like, remember this? Remember this? I was like, no. This you're just you. It, you're when did our generation turn into like old people that are like, I remember when dinosaurs roamed the earth. I remember that. And it, but it didn't feel like that in Creed. It didn't feel like, hey, remember when Rocky lived here? Remember that? Hey, remember when Polly said this funny thing? Remember that? Like, but but they always called back to it, which I thought was cool. Um, yeah. And I, I want to give this to our casual, our listeners that maybe are not Rocky fans. I'm not a Rocky fan. I've seen the first Rocky, the fourth Rocky. And that's pretty much it. I've only caught bits and pieces of what? two on TV. I've never seen three. I've never seen five. And I didn't see Rocky Balboa. You're okay at without all. five. Oh yeah, I didn't see Rocky. No, Balboa well, there's one either. after five. I heard it was really good, but I, I, and you know what? They're all on Netflix right now. I do into this movie made me go. I need to go watch those. So I'm gonna go back and rewatch all five Rocky movies, some of them for the first time. Uh, but I, yeah, I'd, I'd never seen Rocky. The ones where they're like calling back to five, Apollo Trust Creed. Me. I, I feel like I gotta watch it. I will. I've heard five's not the best, but uh, two and three. I mean, Apollo Creed. I guess it's kind of like watching Godfather Part Three. You know, you kind of have to. You gotta do it at least once, and then you can know <laughs> never to do it again, and that you don't maybe need to hold on yep. to that DVD that you bought when you bought the, the the Godfather trilogy pack. You number three DVD can just stay in the case and you know disappear. Uh, Exactly. But no, I, I I did not know. So the, so anybody thinking like, oh, man, I can't go to this movie because I, I won't know what's going on. I barely remember what happened in Rocky, uh, though I remember I liked it. Never seen two or three. Uh, have seen four. Uh, and that's it, really. So, I mean, I'm clearly not. And I, I followed everything. I mean, you get all of the information you really need to get. Yeah, I think that the only thing that. I mean, other than the fact that Rocky was a boxer and he was friends with Apollo Creed, who was also a boxer. Beyond that, I think the only pivotal storyline point, and they, they, I don't think they, you know, tap you on the shoulder and say it verbatim, but it's pretty, it's pretty clear, is that in in one of the Rocky movies, Apollo Creed actually dies in a boxing ring, and so yes. that's unfortunately I had that's about the only thing that, that you would want to know about. Yeah, I mean, but they even alluded to that. If if you'd never seen four, you'd still know that this kid, his his biological father, died in the ring and never met him. Like you, that's it's it's talked about in the film, you know. And to me, that's the litmus test for a good film later in a franchise. And this is why I know I'm using Creed to bash on Jurassic World. But if you watch Jurassic World without watching Jurassic Park, I don't think you'd enjoy the film as much. I think there'd be a lot of right. moments you'd be like. Why are they bonerifically filming this? You know, like, like I should remember this. You know, I I don't think I don't think you wouldn't enjoy it, but I don't think you would enjoy it as much as if you. Whereas well, you could enjoy Creed without ever having seen a Rocky film. And I think that uh, even if you have seen the Rocky films, I th- I just I feel like if you're if we're doing the uh, the Jurassic World to Creed comparison. It's the difference, and this again, I think, comes down to the director. It's the difference in using nostalgia well and using nostalgia brilliantly. Yeah. Well, to advance the story. It, I yeah. always felt that in Creed, any nostalgia they were throwing at you was used to advance the story. To say, oh, this is Rocky. This is, you know, he hasn't changed much over the years. He still lives exactly. in and the And that's house. the whole thing. It's like he's you definitely, know. he's still the old guy. He's like, he, yeah. he is the same Rocky that he was before. He's just not a boxer anymore because he's aged. Yeah, it was a bridge to the past without stopping the movie and going, hey, you remember this? 
You know, like mm. uh, whereas in Jurassic World, it occasionally felt like the movie would stop to go, hey, remember this? And then go well, back to being a decent movie, you know. And it played in, and this isn't a spoiler because it has nothing to do with the storyline, but it was it was a moment that I absolutely loved. There's a moment where Rocky is giving, he like writes down uh, some training uh, exercises for Creed to go through, and Creed takes the paper and takes a picture of it with his iPhone, and then he gets up to leave, and he like leaves the pad with Rocky, and, and Rocky's like, don't you need these? I just wrote these for you. He's like, no, I got them on my phone. And, and Rocky's like, wait, well, what if what if you lose it or it breaks? He's like, oh, it's already in the cloud. <laughs> and, and he has that great moment where he's an old guy that's like, yeah, what fucking like, cloud? What, <laughs> what cloud? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and they, it was just kind of cool because it reminded me of why Stallone is actually a really good actor, given the right role. Not in every role is Sylvester Stallone knocking out the park. But when you ask him to be a boxer or an action hero, yeah, he's still got it. Maybe not so much <laughs> in The Expendables anymore. But definitely in like uh, when it comes down to movies like Rocky, Stallone still got it. He's still good. Well, and and I I don't want to go into detail with this next thing because it would be spoilerific. But the other aspect of what they let him deal with in the movie, mm. I thought they did a really good job with it. Both he yeah. his performance and also the design they utilized to visualize it. I like that even though the movie was called Creed, it was still very much Rocky's movie. Like uh, oh, yeah. I didn't really feel like. Like it felt like a passing of the torch in the best possible way, because it still yep. was Creed's movie. It was both of their movies, I guess. Uh, but they didn't just like Rocky didn't just take a backseat. Like it wasn't just like right. oh, it's all you know Adonis Creed's story. Like Rocky has an arc. He goes through some struggle. You know, there's there's stuff to him. You know, there's struggles he has to overcome. Uh, it's not just Adonis Creed with Rocky as a supporting actor. You know, or in his own film. Right. Which is good, because I think that would have just felt like, hey, we want to try and launch another Rocky trilogy yeah. type thing. We need to use him in this movie for that to work. It was yeah. more of, there's more to his story, and it's going to be a launching point for this other character's story as they yeah. intersect. Yeah, no, it was really, it was really good. And uh, yep. I, I think everybody, as I was walking out of the theater, people were talking about it, and every there was like this... Uh, old African American couple in front of me talking about how much they love the movie, and then there were a whole bunch of Latino teenagers behind me who did not perform any pornographic acts anywhere near the screen. Just in case anyone was wondering, after my review of Star Wars, no porn, <laughs> no no Latino pornography was performed. Uh, they were also talking about how awesome they thought it was, but the the older people were talking about how much they loved Rocky, and the younger kids were talking about how much they loved Creed. So I thought that was really cool that it kind of appealed to multi generations, uh, which it, yeah, it's easily one of the best movies of the year. I will say, and then I want to move on from this, unless you have more uh, you want to talk about. But the one thing I did notice, jarringly so, and I can't blame the movie for it because it, it was technically was before the movie, but mm. just as a brilliant example of Hollywood underestimating the potential demographic, the previews that I got when I saw Creed were, I want to say, 90% movies that featured almost entirely black actors. And I didn't realize Kevin Hart had like six movies coming out within the next oh couple yeah, I got months. A, I, had a, I had a ton of Kevin Hart previews in front of mine. And yeah. that Which was the thing that fine, as I was... Uh, no, no, it's totally fine. But as I was sitting there, I it was very... because and, and, I, and I guess I noticed it more because you I haven't seen trailers for Kevin Hart, most Kevin Hart movies. By the way, yeah. the one with him and The Rock looks fucking hilarious. But, that one did um, uh, but I guess they, you know, I don't see a lot of those before other movies I've seen, 
And I don't know, call me crazy, but I feel like because this was a movie about a young black man and his world and his story, that they really were hedging their bets and thinking only black audiences are going to go to this. And that's what they were giving us in the trailers because the trailers usually do correlate in some way with the movie you're seeing. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to be putting a lot of horror movie trailers before a romantic comedy. It's true. Exactly. And so but I, it was yeah. I, was, I was sitting there and I just I noticed how black heavy the trailers were. And I was like, do they really think that that's all the audience for this movie is going to be? And if it is, do they really think that that's all that the audience is going to be interested in? Well, I think Hollywood has a confusion with race to where they're just like, oh, man, uh, there's a black lead in this. Wow, that never happens because we're racist motherfuckers. <laughs> OK, quick. You know, all those Kevin Hart movies we got put the trailers in front of this. <laughs> Like, I just don't think the they heart know what to vault. do. <laughs> they're like, you know, they're not going to put it in front of in the heart of the sea. You know, black people don't give a shit about Chris Hemsworth and a whale. They're not going to be like, oh, man, quick, let me go see that shit. Uh, which, by the way, a uh, fantastic movie, In the Heart of the Sea. I've not seen it, but I just want to <laughs> say how good it was. <laughs> and that when the whale turned into Iron Man and he and Thor Didn't fought it, it out in the ocean. Did not see that coming. Nice, nice cameo, RJD. Uh, great move, but then at the end when he just he defeats the whale and he morphs back into a whale and swims away, uh, that was pretty sweet. Anyway, so yeah. there you go, folks. Review <laughs> in the heart of the sea for you. Son of a bitch, I wasn't prepared for a for an unseen review of that one. Had you have you not not seen it or did you? see I it? have not not seen it yet. <laughs> okay, well you can always review it if you want later. <laughs> when I do not see it, okay. When you do not uh, see it, yeah. So moving on from movies, uh, just real quick here, because we we have something special planned, and I'm yes. a little scared because I put Brian in charge of this one, and oh, yeah. oh it's gonna be so good. <laughs> to be fair, Brian was put in charge of this out of necessity because I was gone. I had business to attend to up north. So it's true. <laughs> damn it! Now now we learned. Before we get to the our special surprise for the episode, Jessica Jones, the uh, Marvel Netflix series. Have you seen that yet? I have. I, I actually all have it? seen it. Yeah, all of it. Whole thing. Good. Me too. Um, after the Daredevil debacle where you had to wait a month and a half for me to finally catch up with Daredevil so we could talk brutal. about it for two seconds on the show. Um, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I marathoned the shit out of that, and it got me excited for uh, the next Daredevil season. It got me excited. I recently learned that I guess Luke Cage is getting his own Netflix show. Yep, um, spinoff going on and there. And then Iron Fist as well, I believe. I have no idea who that is. I feel like that's okay. I didn't know okay. who Jessica Jones was, and this is amazing. I didn't know who Jessica Jones was either, uh, though I do have a friend who reads the comics, and he told me, hey, you got to check this out. So I did read issue one of Jessica Jones uh, and issue mm-hmm. two. So I knew a little bit by the time I started watching it, but not much. Uh, Dude, the opening sequence, because uh, I actually saw uh, uh, some frame or panels rather from the Jessica Jones comic, uh, or Alias, I think is what the series she's in, right? Alias Jessica Jones, yeah. Yeah. That opening sequence in the series was really well recreated from the actual comic. They, they did a really good job uh, in the whole, they got the tone right, which is what I liked. I, did, I felt they nailed the tone of Jessica Jones really well. And then all right. the, act, like, getting, I didn't know how Christian Ritter was going to do, to be honest with you. I didn't like or dislike Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. <laughs> I thought it was an okay show, but I it, nothing about her screamed, I can carry a series. 
but right. man, she she really nailed just um as I was watching it, having been an expert of reading all of two issues of Jessica <laughs> Jones, uh, which makes qualifies me to be an expert on. I just wa- was like, wow, they really hit the tone. Like, this is exactly what I thought when I was reading the comics. This is exactly how I thought this would feel and look and exactly how Jessica Jones would be. So they did a really good job just nailing the tone right out the bat. And then to work in the themes they worked in were so was so good. I've actually been reading online a lot of women say they love the show uh, because it gets um, sexual violence or rape rape right it gets rape Mm -hmm. correct just the uh the powerlessness and and uh hunter mentality uh without spoiling anything in the show jessica jones is a damaged person and she has had a whole lot of horrible things happen to her as a result of the villain of the show um and to say any more which we'll get to in a moment right i I would be a disservice uh, about the plot but just uh you know, they got it. They uh, every every um, uh, message board post I've seen about it um, from a woman who has from a survivor of uh, rape survivors have been that they they were glad that it came out, but disturbed at times about how close and how on it was. Which I thought I that's great that it it gave me a whole new perspective on uh, well rape really. It gave me a completely new look on that. So when a show can do that. Damn, some good writing right there. So yeah, and and they're able to do it without um, graphically tackling it. Like there were no yeah, there wasn't. Like you never saw no. any rape scenes at all in that show. Yeah, no, there there really. I mean, there were. Yeah, no, there were no actual rape scenes, but just the allusions to the aftermath is what they nailed. Mm-hmm. Just the feeling of the aftermath of a rape. And I know my, people are probably like, God, this must be the most intense drama ever, and it is intense, but. It's also like they the way they handle the character is that it's not it doesn't define her totally, which also right. I think as a as, as well, I, I'm speaking for women who are survivors of sexual violence, but I feel like that uh, most of the women I know who have survived something like that, that's not it's part of their who they are, but it's not all of them. And I think a lot of right. shows that do get that after school special feel about it just make it all about the woman being raped and forget that oh she's a human being and they forget to add that in there they really didn't forget right. that in this jessica jones was a fully drawn character it, it is a lot of the same stuff they did with daredevil except they just doubled down on terms of intensity of past to me for her mm-hmm. so anyway there's my random ramble about how awesome they did with uh, sexual violence good job jessica jones writers to segue away from the female aspect of it because they nailed it i thought that i thought trish was fantastic uh, yeah jessica jones Kristen Ritter was amazing. Yep. Trinity from uh, The Matrix. The Matrix, I yes. actually liked what she did with her character, too, and the way she played it, and the way it was written, but the way she played it, uh, it actually had me guessing all the way through mm-hmm. as far as certain aspects of her character and where her allegiances lay and whatnot. Um, yeah. But ta- I want to talk about the dudes for a second, because two things. One, Luke Cage, they fucking nailed. Like, that mm-hmm. was amazing a great way to handle that character and uh i don't know i don't know names very well so the actor's name escapes me but the actor they got for that he played it phenomenally and the levels of emotional depth that he needed to go to blended with the basic brawny superhero type guy was i thought amazing um, yeah but david Tennant, 
and this is not a spoiler because it's pretty much he's pretty much addressed as what's going to be the villain. I think with yeah. the first and the trailer too. And the trailer, yeah. Said, so yeah. yeah, so David Tennant plays Kilgrave, who is the 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 series villain, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a Whovian, and he is my favorite Doctor. So okay. going in with that. It was funny. I was talking to a, a mutual friend of ours the other day, who's also a, a Whovian. She's actually one of the ones that got me into Doctor Who. I was telling her that I did struggle with liking him. I actually found myself rooting for the villain sometimes. Like I was like, I really like this guy um, because he's <laughs> David Tennant, first of all, but right. also um, he was playing a sociopath, but he was just so damn charming. That you you can't help but like the guy, even though he's uh, he's a psycho, right. and um, I guess he did an uh, he was doing an interview. I want to say I think it was with Jimmy Kimmel. I think basically they they you know they were saying to him about how you know you play these you can play these dark characters, these bad guy characters, but you don't seem like a bad guy. And he was you know, and this is something you know you learn you learn in acting classes and whatnot. Uh, mm. Anyway, but it was just something that I don't. Maybe a lot of people aren't very good at it. But he said um, he doesn't see himself as the villain in any of the bad guy stuff he's had to do. He doesn't see himself as the villain. He just genuinely thinks that he's doing the right thing and doing what needs to be done. And and I think that it it does come across because literally you're watching this and you're like, I kind of wanna, I wanna accept this character's rationalization of what he just did. I don't yeah. know. I, well, no, you, I, are you? Am I crazy? Or are you remotely feeling the same way? What? There, what? Tell me what you thought. There were moments, yeah, that I was. I definitely. Uh, I don't think I ever. I rooted for him or wanted him to win just because they made him. He was really awful human being. Um, but I love <laughs> that they gave him motivation. They did the same thing they did uh, with Kingpin in Daredevil, yep. where they really humanized him and made him. Yeah, like he doesn't think he's the villain. He doesn't think he's a bad person, you know, like in a lot of movies or uh, TV shows, the villain is cackling and twisting his mustache and, you know, right. And I am evil because evil isn't fun. You know, like, no, this character is literally just like, nope, I am helping out the world. You're welcome, world. Uh, yeah. And they really did that with uh, with Tenet's Kilgrave. Uh, the same thing that they did with um, Vincent D'Onofrio's version of Kingpin, which made it such a great show and made this such a great show. I think when you... And that's the key that everyone forgets. That's the thing that keeps killing every Avengers movie. And I, when I say killing, it's a little harsh. But they really don't have a very good villain to fight in a lot of the Avengers movies and a lot of the... Like, Loki's gr- was great in that first Avengers movie just because they he's one of the better villains in the Marvel Universe. But they don't really like fighting um, a lot of the time in the side ones, like the last Thor movie where he fights some alien guy that I care, a dark elf that I can't remember the name of. And I, I don't really care. He's not a very good villain. It was just bleh. shit. I don't even remember that. Right. Exactly. You don't remember the villain. Uh, a Tony Stark has it happen all the time. Iron Man 2. Mickey Rourke was a guy with some whips. Yeah, whiplash. That was it. Guy has some energy with. That's all I know about him. Yeah, he's great, but that second movie really suffered because there wasn't much of a villain for him to fight. You need the first movie. Even Jeff Bridges isn't that great of a villain in the first. Spoiler alert: uh, It's been years, folks. (laughs) It's been a while. (laughs) Get off your rock on Mars and check it out. Um, But I think uh, it's actually been a. Has it been a decade? uh, Was that two thousand five? 
No, it was like 2008, 2009 when Iron Man came out. Uh, I think Incredible Hulk was 2008, so it couldn't have been Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man came later. No, Iron Man was the first of the of the Marvel movies like that. I'm not talking about Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah, uh, they were the other Incre- Hulk. Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton was uh, was 2008, and Tony Stark was already established because he's in the end cameo thing. He is. You know, I'm looking this up right now because we have to know. Uh, but yeah, um, do we do? Uh, I want to say Iron Man was. It's not ten years old yet. I can't. But it was definitely the first of all the, mar- the this era of Marvel movies. Iron Man 2008. When was Im- Incredible Hulk? 2008. They're both 2008. Uh, maybe it came out. The Incredible Hulk was 2008 with Ed Wharton. Yeah. The fu- okay. Wait. What are the actual mar- what are the months then? Because I know Iron Man came out first. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sure I yeah I do remember Iron Man came out first. Incredible Hulk came out June thirteenth. Iron Man would have been May and or April. I, yeah, Iron Man was like May second or something of two thousand eight. They really came out say. only a month apart. I guess that's what. Uh, Damn, way to double down right and let now. people know. Hey, we're definitely gonna do a fuck ton of movies, guys. May May second, two thousand eight. Iron Man. Wow. Yep. How did you actually remember May second? I was excited for the Iron Man movie. <laughs> I was really pumped about that movie. I d- it was a good movie. Robert Downey Jr. was a great Tony Stark. And a but great they whale. Don't fight very good villains. And a great whale in the heart of the sea. Such a good performance. We're talking Oscars there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, um, that's anyway. But Jessica Jones had great villain, mm. fantastic villain, um, which gave her something to play off. That's what the hero needs something to play off. Best Batman movie, Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Why? Because the Joker is so damn good. Gives him gives Batman something to play off. Less great is the first one where it's like Liam Neeson <laughs> uh, as a ninja. Okay. It literally right. was like they, they tried Jin? to merge Qui Gon Jinn with Taken character. Kinda, yeah. And it, 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 I mean, I still love Batman Begins, but it was a weaker movie than Dark Knight because the villain was not really, which was fine. And usually in a hero's origin story, you don't want too strong of a villain. But I think in a TV series, it's a little different because it's a lot longer. So, right. I mean, but yeah, Kilgrave was definitely a great choice to start off with, uh, just like Kingpin was for Daredevil. Mm. So pumped for the Punisher, right? And Daredevil season two. Although I gotta great. say, they gotta love that they got. If I if I see the freaking Facebook ad from whatever Hollywood something website one more time where it's like trailer of Daredevil season two shows Elektra and Punisher or introduces Elektra and Punisher like it keeps popping up on my Facebook feed and it's been there for like eight months I get it there's gonna have Elektra and Punisher but the please whoever is putting that ad out take it away it's not news. You want to know how sad this is? This is Facebook for you. I have never gotten that ad. You know what I always get? I get that unicorn shitting rainbows. (laughs) That's what I get. So I like that Facebook is like, hey, comics nerd Seth, here's electric nachos and the Punisher. Check it out. And I'm like, hey, here's a rainbow shitting, you weirdo. (laughs) Enjoy that. Enjoy watching this guy dressed up as Shakespeare eat rainbow unicorn poop. You like it, Brian? Thanks, Facebook. So Facebook thinks I'm a freak like Rainbow. Well, poop. what it's kind of great. Google searches are you doing, man? I think they just I think Facebook just listens to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like clearly 
that guy likes comic books and that guy likes watching weird porn. Let's just, there we go. Speaking of listening to the podcast and unicorns shitting rainbows and weird porn, I can only assume Boom. that's where we're going to head with this. You've been sitting over there in your chair behind your little bit so of glass. Funny. Just You've just you been be sitting there too. grinning like, like you just, like Christmas Everyone morning here. So, all right, folks, we're nearing the end of 2015. So it's yep. time for the final hour, final awards of the year. And yep. because I was out of state dealing with some business, Brian was left in charge of this. So what do yep. you got for us, Brian? All right. Well, it is awards season, as you know, folks. And our Oscar special, it will be coming up in February, um, along with a, probably a Golden Globes episode in January. But, you know, you just can't wait for that sort of thing. And as the year comes to an end, I do think we need to do uh, like a year end, like top five favorite things. But I wanted to talk in, the, in our final hour because, you know, we talk about a lot of things mm. on this show. We talk about a lot of seminal events of the year. So I wanted to give some awards out to those great events of the year. Uh, and so we're going to start off with just a couple normal average categories and then we're going to get deeper into what one could only call maybe quarter hour awards because <laughs> uh, they're a little weirder so i i want to ask you and i'll i'll chip in here too and and pick uh our first category uh song of the year now this isn't necessarily your favorite song but what song do you think defined 2015 if you had to pick a song just off the top of your head you were like man 2015 this song was just everywhere. This was the zeitgeist of the year. No pressure. Uh, well, you have five seconds until the I'm studio I'm explodes. I'm 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 hoping that this was 2015, but "Shake It Off" by Taylor Swift was that this year? It was. I mean, it was played this year a lot. Obviously, yeah. But that came out. I think it came out last. It? it came out last year. I think. Yeah, twenty two thousand three. The tail okay. end of twenty fourteen. I mean, it had. Staying it doesn't power. have to. It had staying power. It did. If you want to choose that one, I totally. That's fine. It doesn't have to be a song from twenty fifteen. If you think the Beatles' "Dear Prudence" was the song <laughs> that defined twenty fifteen, then that's the song. It's um, not song that was released this year. It's, you know, what song best descri- best was the most played song of the year. Okay, then I'd like say, I'd say like, Shake It ahead. Off, but uh, almost like the award-nominated and award-winning movies that come out right before the Oscars, um, mm. they kind of like rush in right in the season there. Uh, yeah. I, I've, thankfully, I have actually somehow magically avoided hearing this fucking song, but Hello by Hello Adele. Hello from the other side. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I think that's a that's a you're that's not a doing that entry. That you're not doing that at karaoke. You're <laughs> not uh, hauling out your Adele impression. No, I I, I legitimately have yeah. not heard it. I haven't done the thing like with uh, "Kick the Dust Up" by uh, Luke Byrne, where I turn the channel no matter if I'm Brr. turning the commercials or not. I don't. It's not that. Mm. I just haven't actually heard it, uh, and I kind of like that in a weird way. I it took me a while, like it came out and I didn't listen to it for a couple of days but then I started listening to it and I, I I don't listen to it a lot but I it is a damn good song I quite like it Adele killed it I agree with you it's I think Adele Hello is going to define the last part of this year mm. and probably a large chunk of 2016 is going to be about Hello for me the song that defined the year you could not get away get a whip or nay nay away from I it. almost said that 
I'm a whip. Now I'm a nene. It was everywhere. It that was, was everywhere. that was the that was the um um Macarena of the of the year. It's the that's the Macarena of a while. I think I think that song isn't going anywhere, unfortunately, because I am starting to get tired of it. But yeah, I think Whip and Nene was for me song of the year. It just and not that I liked it. It just was everywhere. I am gonna agree with you because as I was debating on the shake it off. That was the other one in my head. So if you actually were willing yeah. to say it, and I almost did, I'm going to actually say you're probably right. We'll go with that. Okay, song of the year, Whip, Whip and Nene. Nene. All right, so what movie, see, we're still normal here. Mm-hmm. What movie do you think summed up the year was like the movie that everybody was talking about? It was on everybody's lips. Avengers 2. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. Fucking Star Wars Force Awakens. Because as we already reviewed, it's amazing and had a lot of good twists. It is. But it is the, I want to say pre-sale-wise, I think it is the most successful pre-sale movie in Everness. And I want to say that it's probably been one of the most talked about and focused on movies of the year, even though it hasn't even come out yet. That's true. Every time they released like a 30-second trailer, it was big news and all over the I would agree with you that probably by the end of the year, since we're not technically at the end of the year and we are holding these awards a little early, Star Wars: The Force Awakens will be the movie that uh, that biggest the movie of the year. I want to say though that for me, just to be different, I'm going to say Straight Outta Compton because it was the film that everybody talked about for a long time. Like people were changing their Facebook statuses to say Straight Outta Illinois or whatever. Just saying, I did yours there. Get off my Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Straight out of straight out of Cornfed, Illinois. Uh, <laughs> Breadbasket, Illinois. It's a good spot. I dig it. Um, but anyway, that for me, that was the film that I, I think that one just was everywhere. Um, and maybe I'd I'd also put Mad Max up there, just because that was also a film a lot of people talked about. Um, so those would be two big. But yeah, at the end of the year, I think you are right. Star Wars: The Force Awakens is the film that everybody. Like kids were dressing up as Kylo Ren for Halloween, and his movie hasn't even out yet. So, yep, yeah. Uh, okay, so movie of the year, we got that. All right. Next up, we got hottie of the year, both male and female. Who was the sexiest person of 2015 for you? Um, male and female. Me and me. So you're admitting on this show that you're transgender for the first <laughs> time. <laughs> All right. All so right, Caitlin. <laughs> So, um, I knew it. I, uh, it started with just a story about going to the store to buy nylons. And <laughs> next thing you know, he's giving himself woman of the year awards. Uh, although just a, a quick joke that I saw that actually I did have to laugh. It's stupid as shit, but I had to laugh. Um, it was a picture of, uh, of, of Caitlyn Jenner and it said, men are so much better than women at everything to prove it. We won Woman of the Year. I saw that. That <laughs> was that was funny. I was like, ah, okay. I did stupid but funny. That. All right, so uh, yeah, I don't know. You go first. I've been going first on these. You go first. Okay, that's true. Uh, sexiest Woman of the Year for me, like the woman that I was like, mm, sexy lady, had to be Scarlett Johansson. I mean, she wins many years. I will say, twenty fourteen really was Emma Watson, hmm. but this year, ScarJo, she's 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 my lady, sexy lady of the year. That woman, I just, there were a lot of scenes that, uh, in, in the second Avengers movie, where I was like, whoa, those are some good genes at work right there. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my, for me, that's my sexiest female of the year. 
award sexiest man of the year oh man you know it got to be chris pratt he had a hell of a year he did have chris a hell pratt. of a year and i'm actually Again. gonna go with another chris uh hemsworth he has been everywhere being good looking this year yeah uh so him so and, year and of the i'm Chris's. gonna say natalie dormer oh good call she always looks good and yeah she had the last uh, hunger games movie come out mm-hmm. which i loved have not seen it me but either loved but it, it. oh also so great good. so good. that bit when the whale lands <laughs> on the, the <laughs> president's snow and you're like in the heart of the sea what are you doing in this movie <laughs> What the hell? And then it turns into Iron Man and flies <laughs> off. Oh, that was so it was cool. It's great foreshadowing, though. Definitely. But only only really four giant Mexican boners out of five for that <laughs> one, though, because I wasn't so sure about how J-Law handled herself in that film. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'd rank that but as yeah, six so out of uh, seven, which is not as good, obviously, as the perfect five out of seven. Right. As you give them, yeah. Uh, so Natalie Dormer for you, though. Yeah, she is. She's a good-looking lady. Mm-hmm. She's uh Right. Uh, apparently, I did not know this. She has something with like the side of her mouth that smile she does. Mm-hmm. You know, like her trademark oh, kind of yeah. smirk. Oh, I'm very. It's actually the result of like, uh, it's uh, like it's the result of some like medical condition she has that it's hard for her to move like some uh, part of her mouth. Chronic so sexiness. I guess yeah, clearly what it's called. Chronic sexiness. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm I'm down. So those are our those are our choices for good looking. So here we go. This one's a little trickier. Sexiest politician. Ooh. Who was the sexiest politician? for you this year is it weird that i want to say bernie sanders because i'm not going off physical but just sexual no 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 you have to go off physical oh physical so this who's the physical. best looking this is not about politician yeah this is literally well, just a pretty face contest. brains can be sexy you know if if you find brains if you are genuinely like i find this person attractive that's fine but i it is about attractive okay so you're going for you physically attractive else. okay yeah good looking See, I'll go first. For me, it's Marco. It's Marco Rubio. I was gonna say it's got to be one his, of the Republicans. His hot Latin wind. Oh, his hot Latin wind is spicy. Maybe Carly Fiorino, because she's got that last name that just says, "I will, I will strap you to a bed and beat That's you." That's true. With a she does car. sound like That's a freak. Carly, Carly Fiorino sounds like she'd be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Also, her foreign policy is just ridiculously insane. <laughs> so you know she's crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna play it safe and go with her on this one. Probably, I don't, I don't. Uh, so, Carly Fiorina. Yeah, I know that there's nobody on the Democratic side, and I don't pay as much attention to the Republicans because right now there's too many of them to know who to ignore yet. So, that's true. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of ignore to it. But uh, for me, it's, it's, it's Marco Rubio and Carly Fiorino. They there are. There you go. They're a spicy wind and an icy frost from the north. I think she's from the north. I don't know. It just sounded good in my head. Sure. So we're on to the next category. What is the most newsworthy moment of the year? Ooh, that's hard. And only because um, we joked about this before the show. There's just been so many damn shootings. There have been a lot. They actually have more more of them. They happen more frequently than episodes of this show uh, happen. This is sadly true. um, So uh, you go first. I'm going to think on this for a second. Gay marriage. For me, it's gay marriage. That was a big one for me. They legalizing gay marriage. Uh, the United States finally taking a step into the 21st century. Really should have been the 20th century. But anyway, we're there. We got there. For me, gay marriage was the most newsworthy. Yeah, there were a lot of terrorist shootings. Uh, and those definitely did get up in the news. But I don't think anything has had the impact that legalizing gay marriage has had. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that. I'm going to go with the same thing as far as a legitimate, like, no joke answer. 
Yeah, I think that uh, clearly is the most newsworthy thing. Um, a joke answer, I would say anything involving the Kardashians, therefore the Caitlyn Jenner thing. That was that was a pretty... Actually, I will say in terms of gossip news, that was definitely the biggest news story of the year. Yep. Uh, they were like, gays can marry, whatever, we don't care. Caitlyn Jenner used to be Bruce. Well, <laughs> and seeing the other Quick, thing... Quick, let's cover this for 40 years. The other thing that... Uh, why I think that gay marriage as a whole is a, is a smart choice there is because it's not just that gay marriage got legalized federally, but also the reactionary stuff to it, like your Kim Davis situation. That was pretty... Yeah, pretty big too. That was huge. So the fallout was was it's still going on. Yep. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm just I'm glad it's finally happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll hey. Speaking of Kim Davis, let's talk about Person of the Year who should have their name changed to Asshat Douche Smith. <laughs> uh, the, as you can see, the categories are sl- starting to slide. So who is the Person of the Year who should have their name changed to Asshat Douche Smith? Uh, you know, Kim Davis is a is a contender for sure. Um, I, I think he's got to be nominated. She's got to be nominated. Oh, at she's least, absolutely yeah. nominated. But speaking of nominations, I think my pick would have to be Donald Trump for this that year is, specifically. That is, I mean, it's up there. He's definitely. I just find him too outrageous. Like, I, it's in at this point to me, he's almost like Andy Kaufman. It's like a performance bit that he's doing. <laughs> like, I can't even take anything he says seriously anymore. Like. Like, I think he's just saying things to make people talk about him. Right. Like, if he thought he could say we should kill Jews, he'd say it. Like, he just if he thought he could get away with saying it. But I, I'm still waiting. He might. You <laughs> never know. He's decided to ban every minority. I'm sure concentration camps. Not to compare him to Hitler, but just, you know, compare him to Hitler. Anyway, uh, for me, the person of the year who should have their name changed to ask If you Dushman, say me, I'm going to kill you. You know what? Never even crossed my mind, but Yay. now I'm thinking about it. Aww. Uh Oh, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, the the Trumpster does certainly. You know what? I'm gonna go with Kim Davis, though. I really did not like that she made it about her religion. She she didn't just give a bad name. She she wasn't just crappy to gay people. She gave a bad name to Christians too, mm. because I don't think a real Christian would have stood there and been like, "I can't do this." Because a real Christian would have been like, "This is the law of the land. Here is your thing." I personally don't believe you have the right to get married, but whatever. And that's fine. You can say that. I don't agree with you, but say it all day if you want. So to me, Kim Davis, you are now known as Asshat Douche Smith to me. We can also call President Asshat Douche Smith Asshat Douche Smith if, if Trump wins the nomination and the election. Boy, that'll be a crazy day. Right. Uh, so we, we've established Mr. Deuce, Mr. and Mrs. Douche Smith. How about the best clickbait ad you came across this year? Oh, God. Best clickbait? Go ahead while I think on this. Uh, let some of our listeners know that may not be aware what exactly clickbait is. Clickbait is those stories down at the bottom of a story you see typically on a popular website which says something like, do you need a bigger penis? Click here. Or actually, that's too obvious. Clickbait is 10 things that guys with bigger penises do. That would be a clickbait ad. That's how that clickbait ad would go. For me, uh, the one that I saw that always... Like it's because it's just so blatantly crappy. Is it, I got to go with the the classic. I'm gonna go with the classic one here because they just keep doing it, and I think it's so lame. That's what makes it the best. Residents of North Hollywood <laughs> won't believe you won't believe what you can find out on this website, and it's always a picture of a semi-attractive girl or an attractive girl holding the sign or like 
being arrested or something or just standing there looking like she's just shit her pants. <laughs> like, oh, my God, I hope nobody knows that I just took a dump in my drawers. And like that, it just that's the I just I, that ad every time I see it, I'm like, are you still running this? Is this 2008? What the fuck? Clearly it is because we think Iron Man just came out. I'm anyway. I'm going to go. It's going to sound so like many. I'm going vague, but I'm not. Kay. I am going to go with the multitude of links that I have passed by, no matter how interesting I think the topic might have ended up being, because they show a picture of something, and then it's a little headline thing, and it says something along the lines of, he thought he was picking up spare change on the street. You won't believe what happened next. Or... She thought she was picking up a cup of coffee that morning. You won't believe what she found. All of that shit that ends with you won't believe da ba ba da da that ends up being yeah. completely fucking like I think I clicked on two earlier in the year before I was like, fuck this phrase. I don't care if it's legitimately mm-hmm. something I need to know. Uh uh-uh. uh. Like if you ever want to hide something I from me on the internet, that's now the way to do it. <laughs> I, I think that all news stories on major network news should start doing that. Like, they should just open with, ISIS has bombed Paris. You won't believe what happened next. And just, like, <laughs> like you don't need to interest me. Like, just everything should end with San Ber- a shooting in San Bernardino. And you won't believe what happened next. Like, every every story should end with that from now on. Yep. Because it is truly the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard. All right, we're cruising through. Uh, we've uh, we're, we're running out of time, so I'm going to cruise through here. Biggest sports story. Uh, the Cubs made the fucking playoffs. That is a pretty big sports story. The Cubs made the playoffs uh, and even actually were decent. Right. The Cubs didn't suck. To me, the biggest sports story of the year had to be the Seahawks losing the Super Bowl because they wouldn't run the goddamn football. That was the saddest news sports story for me. But yeah. Wait a second. That was, it. That was a big thing we could make fun of, but that you think is bigger than deflate gate yeah because they lost i mean it was the biggest sports story but i mean deflate gate had uh, legs that thing went for a di- for months that's true okay deflate gate was probably the biggest story okay you know what i'm gonna flip because the next the next um <clears throat> category is quarterback who hosed their team the most <laughs> russell wilson wins that for me because he threw an interception so Deflate Gate is the biggest sports story of the year because fuck Tom Brady. Okay. But Russell first Wilson all, throwing an interception. First of all, wins quarterback who hosts You the wrote the these categories and you have yep. the list in front of you. How the hell did you not remember that was coming next? I couldn't remember Deflate Gate <laughs> and then I was like, wait. I was trying to think of uh, some way to work Jay Cutler into being the quarterback who hosts his team the most this year. No, time. Jay Cutler's But been actually, good. he isn't. He actually has been just fine. And Russell Wilson hosed his team the most. I, uh, Maybe he'll make up for it, but not this I year. I will give you, yeah, you know, I c- just off the top of my head, uh, I can't think of any other quarterback that's actually hosed their team. And, yes, Cutler does. It feels like we wrote that one. It feels like you wrote that trying just to be able to, to I, shit on yeah. Cutler. Um, shit on Cutler, yeah. But I sure w- I sure did. I'd that say Kaepernick. I wrote it. But he did because who they have in now is actually he, playing well. Nah, did you see the Cleveland game? No. Why would I watch that? Yeah, he did not. He did not play well. Okay. Blaine Gabert. Blaine Gabert is not the answer. To <laughs> who's going to be the quarterback for the 49ers? I still think if you give Colin Kaepernick an offensive line, he's not terrible. But 
Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't, he also isn't the quarterback who hosed his team the most because they stopped playing him at quarterback pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, he didn't throw an interception in the Super Bowl to lose the game. Right, Russell. Just saying. I think you have to be right on that one. Uh, oh yeah, I think we all agree, Russell Wilson. Uh, best TV show of the year. What's the TV show that you think s- was just everywhere? Oh, okay. So it's not like my favorite. Not your favorite. We're doing that one later in the year. Our year-end favorites. But this is just just like with Benene was the song that was everywhere. What TV show is everybody talking about? I'll go first. I honestly think it was Jessica Jones. Everyone at my work talks about Jessica Jones. I mean, I work with a fairly young crowd. But uh, to me, a lot of people talked about Jessica Jones. So that was the TV show that people talked about the most. I think that it was, I want to say The Daily Show. Yeah, uh, yeah, the switch with up. John Stewart. Sure, John Stewart going out. Yeah. Yeah, I think on a larger scale, because Jessica Jones, I did not hear much about. Um, I have a little bit now, but I'm also pushing a lot of those conversations. But everybody seemed to be talking about The Daily Show. Ah, okay. The Daily Show. Uh, We get to our first award award for this award show, the Tadolf Swiftler Award, (laughs) which is given to the most iconically overexposed celebrity of the year. Who was the most overexposed celebrity of the year? First of I all, I can tell you right uh, now who I think. Uh, w- uh, remind me, w- how did we come up with Tadoff Swiffler? Because I remember that happening <laughs> on the show, but what was that? T- this is this is where I started to go back through our episodes and pick awards to give based on former episodes we've done this year. Uh, Tadoff Swiffler is a subreddit on Reddit uh, in which people take. Uh, Taylor Swift lyrics and put them over the top of eight of pictures of Adolf Hitler, <laughs> and that is what a Tadolf Swiftler is. Before we answer this one, uh, then, I actually want to throw a category off the top of my head at you, and this is a favorites. So okay. Okay. What is your favorite subreddit that I've di- this that I've discovered this yeah. year? Oh, I want to say Tadolf Swiftler, <laughs> but because uh, that was a pretty good find. Uh, the one I've used the most. Well, all the most porno one, porno one, porno one, porno one. That's not gonna work now. <laughs> Mildly porno one. If you have to go back to 2013, uh, if you have to get past all the porn, I, I, I just clearly I gotta just wipe the history here. Um, let's see. No, well, actually, there's just a lot of really cool subreddits that I've been looking at out there. Uh, I would actually say flicks. Uh, which is a sensational subreddit that is uh, very movie-centric. It's had a lot of uh, awesome discussions in there about film. So flicks for me, best subreddit. Mine would be... That I've enjoyed. Personal favorite. Photoshop battles. Oh, those things are amazing. <laughs> Just a, they it's are it's awesome. something I recently found, and it's my new favorite thing on the interwebs. But I would agree with this. Yeah, so Photoshop battles is mine. Sorry, so the Tadoff Swiffler Award, most overexposed celebrity of 2015. Iconically overexposed. I'll get. I'm gonna throw mine out first. Caitlyn Jenner. Ooh, that yes, is good. it's an awesome story. Yes, she's a hero. I'm done with hearing about every time she, you know, eats a cookie or does anything or whatever she does. Totally done with Caitlyn Jenner. She wins the Tadolf Swiffler Award. You know, I kind of want to go with one of my previous answers. I want to go with uh, the Trump. Yeah. No, he could definitely win Tadolf Swiffler. Because he has been all over. Crazily everywhere. And I'm still scared that he might actually get at least in the final running of like the final two or three. That scares me to death. It's true. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I'm still not sure how that's going to go. Uh, so worst parenting moment of the year. <laughs> this is from you had a rant about terrible parents uh, back in our June episode. So worst parenting moment of the year for you that you looked at someone who was parenting or an experience, a personal experience, maybe. I'm going to go again first here. Uh, I was working Halloween Horror Nights at Universal this year. Mm-hmm. Someone brought their seven-year-old child to a scare maze involving the film The Purge. The kid was literally, he couldn't take it anymore, ran to a corner of the maze, cowered, and only kept, could only repeat, please no more, please no more, please no more. His parents, these award-winning motherfuckers, belittled him. What's wrong with you? Why can't you? Oh, my God, you're embarrassing us. Get up here. Come on. We had to go get a blanket because I, I was working costumes. The security had to get a blanket and put it over the kid because the characters can't stop because there's a giant crowd of people who've paid money. Right. So they have to keep scaring. They weren't going after the kid, but the kid could still see what he was terrified of. So they had to put a blanket over this child, carry him out of, of Horror Nights to wow. get him away. And his parents spent the whole time belittling him for being a scaredy cat worst parents of the year fuck you damn so yeah that's my worst parenting moment of the year i don't know that i can top that one um yeah i know i know i'm not even gonna try dude <laughs> that's you can give them the worst parenting award if you'd like they yeah. definitely deserve it just hearing that story is worse than anything i think i've seen this year yeah it is easily the worst parenting moment i've seen uh next up the uh the you're my boy blue award Given to the person who best exemplified a raptor. Wait, wait, wait what? Yeah. yeah, person that best exemplified the person that reminded you of a raptor most this year. Because that's that uh, the raptor, raptor that saved Chris Pratt at the end of Jurassic World is named Blue. Oh, so you're boy Blue. Yeah. Wow, you're so stretching you're on Blue that Blue. one, man. Person that most resembled a resembled a raptor, or made me think of a raptor. Ex- exemplified a raptor. They they acted in a way that made you go, that person would be a badass raptor. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Drake. <laughs> In the Hotline Bling video, he clearly has the dance moves of a raptor. So for me, Drake wins the You're My Boy Blue Award. Okay. So you wanted these. I did. Uh, person, I didn't want these. I don't think anybody ever requested <laughs> these specific ones. People um, want these. They want to know. So... Uh, exemplified a raptor i'm gonna go with taylor swift oh that's pretty good actually yeah she definitely was pretty fierce at at points this year you know going after apple music uh all kinds of crazy stuff yeah she she definitely she hunts there you go in a pack you saw the bad blood video i did she hunts in a pack yep yeah she's got a pack of raptors ladies all right so drake and taylor swift are Win the You're My Boy Blue Award. Uh, next up, uh, earlier, for the first like five episodes uh, of the year on our show, most of our shows were about dicks <laughs> and balls <laughs> repeatedly, like a lot. We talked about penises a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so More so you than me, but know. go ahead. We got to talk about who wins best dick of the year. And I don't mean behaved like a dick. I mean... Who literally had the best penis in 2015? Uh, me. Okay. Any year. All right. Uh, apparently a dynasty award there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Bernie Sanders. 
Have you seen his dick? Yep. Bullshit. He showed it to me. <laughs> you know, underneath that bridge on the 405. All right, look, for a real for a real vote on this then, what I'm going to have to go with, uh, I think you'll have to agree with me, just for 2015, we got to go with Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I, I mean, enjoyed it, though. But, but it, was, it, but I mean, it existed in your life I more saw. than Bernie Sanders did. That's not true. <laughs> okay. Freeway Bridge. <laughs> the old Jewish man. He was definitely not. Senator from Vermont. That was, that was, that was, his name might have been Bernie, but he was lying to you when he said he was Bernie Sanders. He couldn't lie to me. He was a beautiful man. That's okay with me. Okay. We uh, got time for one more. Close Pick to your favorite. We, we're, we, got th- we got like two more, and they can be fast. Trust me on this. Okay. Who ate Tom Brady's balls award? Given to the person or persons who were most screwed over by someone else this year. So that, again, is who ate Tom Brady's balls award. But they weren't screwed over necessarily by Tom Brady. No, it doesn't matter. Okay. Just given to the person or persons most screwed over by someone else this year. I'm going to say Syrian refugees. <laughs> they win the award. <laughs> they were screwed over by every country in Europe periodically over this year. So to me, Syrian refugees win the Who Ate Tom Brady's Balls Award. Uh, I'm going to go with a, uh, a future prediction. And I'm going to say... Uh, Republican voters, because they're falling for Trump's bullshit. That's pretty good, actually. Hey, that brings us around to the yearly douchebag award, because uh, winner of the Cockwart Trophy, which is good, because you know earlier in the year we had the Daily Douchebag right. Award. Uh, we haven't had one of those for the last couple episodes, mm. the Daily Douchebag. But let's talk about who who won, who wins the whole year, because we had ISIS win Daily Douchebag once. I don't remember who won it the second time. Maybe it was Justin Bieber. I don't remember, but uh, who's going to win the the Cockwart Trophy this year? I feel like it, yearly it still needs to go with ISIS. ISIS has really been a strong contender this year. I'd almost say Trump, but he he is just an ignorant retard. He's not actually harming people physically and violently. I think yeah, ISIS wins hands down. Yearly douchebag award between Paris and San Bernardino. Yeah, they've they've really plus all the other bullshit they're doing. Yeah, ISIS wins again. Well, I mean, they take the yearly award. So congratulations, ISIS, for winning the Cockwart Trophy, uh, the trophy that gives you herpes the minute you touch it. So we'll be mailing that to you. Uh, enjoy that. And with that, we are actually out of time. So you took us right up to the wire with those awards, Brian. There are thrilling awards that I'm sure our listeners will enjoy hearing. Yep. And uh, as I mentioned, the reason you got to pick those, I was actually up in Portland doing a little more work for Dry Run Productions. If you remember earlier in the year, I got to see Garth Brooks in concert because I was up here doing other work. Yes. Yeah, well, I, while I was up here, I actually decided I tried out for, they're doing a production in Chicago. That's ironic. I know, right? Chicago I don't know. Portland. I thought I literally was just trying to get tickets to go back home, <laughs> but apparently it's a show. And, Crazy. Uh, and I got cast. So I'm actually going to be driving back up to Portland a little bit later on in the year uh, in springtime to be in the production of Chicago. Hey, if you're in the Portland area, folks, get on out and check out Chicago with our own Seth Yonka, winner of the Best Dick of the Year Award. So, you know, hopefully he'll do it without pants. That would really be a ticket draw. Just putting putting that in your brain there that maybe you should do the show without pants since you... But I am going to see if we can maybe get... uh, the, somebody involved in the show, somebody else involved in the show into our uh, studio that we are setting up up there and see if we can get them on the show to talk about it. 
fantastic choice. I would uh, I would very much like to to interview said people. It's been a while since we've actually had another guest on the show. Yeah, we should try and get some people. I'm sure you know in this coming year, I'm sure we'll have many fine guests uh, appear upon. It, it's going to be an exciting 20, 2016. Uh, I don't know. Are we going to have another uh, episode out before the end of the year? Are we going to do our yearly? I, I know we'll get another quarter hour done. I don't know if we'll have another full episode or not. Well, then I'm going to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to our listeners um, because I will probably be someone else during the quarter hour. Uh, God <laughs> knows if that will be a Kermit that won't shut the fuck up or a racist football announcer, but the odds are strong that I will not be wishing you Merry Christmas and Happy New Year as me. So this is me saying Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you out there, listeners of our show. We appreciate you guys listening to us over the uh, last year and a half. And yep. especially, I think that this year has been especially fun for us. So we appreciate that. I do want to also wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy whatever holiday you celebrate, and a very Happy New Year. We're not going to waste time going through how you can reach us online. You know about that stuff, Facebook, uh, Twitter, email, all that stuff. Check out our website if you need more information at dryingproductions.net slash neighbors. But. I do want to go ahead and break this back out from last year. We're going to leave you with our original Christmas song, Christmas Bell. A beautiful tune. So thank you guys for listening. This has been Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors. I'm Seth. I'm Brian. And we'll catch you next time. And my Mexican porn name is El Duce. Time of years full of Christmas cheer, not for me, babe. In this lonely town, the snow is falling down on me, babe. Walking hand in hand in winter wonderland with you, babe. Is what I want. Ring a ding dong, I've been waiting so long to see me. My Christmas bell, babe. Silent night with those Christmas lights in your eyes, girl. So let your heart song ring and you'll hear me sing. I'm in love, girl. I'm in love. Ring a ding dong. I've been waiting so long to see my Christmas bell. by the fire and I burn with desire for you.
by my side We'll have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year too So ring a ding dong, I've been waiting so long to see My Christmas bell, been checking my list I need that mistletoe kiss from you My Christmas bell all went This has been a Dry Run production.